Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show. Giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR. 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Welcome to Brainwaves on FreeCR, 855 on the AM dial. I'm Daniel and this week I'm here with Mark H and Mark J. Uh, Today we are speaking to Emily Toner, who is a clinical psychologist and wellbeing consultant. Emily will be discussing positive psychology and its benefits. Take it away, guys. Thanks, Dan. And Emily, thanks for coming. It's a pleasure to see you. Thanks, Mark. Very excited to have you here. We've got a full studio here, folks. Everybody wanted to be in on... uh, on this uh, Brainwaves show. So positive psychology, Emily, it seems to be uh, a bit of a, a buzzword around town. Can you tell us all about it? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. So positive psychology is, um, I guess it's not something too new. Um, it's been around for quite a while now. Um, but it's the idea of focusing on our strengths and what we do well. Focusing on well-being, not focusing on illness. So as a clinical psych, I do a lot of work with people who experience mental, mental illness um, and it's really nice to be able to kind of connect to them in a, in a, or connect to people in a way um, which really sees the whole of the person. Um, so looking at how you can grow someone's strengths, looking at how you can create flourishing and well-being. Um, and this applies to everyone. It's not just... Um, you know, people that might be struggling, it's anyone can, can benefit from, from positive psychology. Cool. And I guess, you know, for a long time, there was this focus on what was wrong with people. Mm. And positive psychology um, is looking at perhaps what's right. Would I be right in saying that? That's exactly right. Yeah. So we're looking at what people's strengths are. We're looking at what people value. Where we look at all the, the things that can promote a, a good life, flourishing, well-being, um, and how to really connect to science um, behind what creates happiness because we know there's a science of happiness, there's a science of well-being, there's a lot of work being done out there. And so it's looking at, yeah, how we can bring that science into our day-to-day life and really make the most of it. So make it accessible for the, for the general person to, I suppose, build resilience and positive outcomes. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. What are the what are some of the uh, what are some of the principles that are um, underlying it? Well, positive psychology um, had its kind of heyday back in '98 when a guy called um, Dr. Martin Seligman, um, he was he was head of the American Psychological Association, and um, he basically, when every new president comes in to the to the the association, they they bring with them their own kind of new model or their no, own area that they want to focus on and his was this idea of flourishing and well-being and positive psychology. Um, so that was back in 98 and since then there's been a lot of research that's been sort of 
I guess, combined into this concept or this idea of this study of positive psychology. But before then, for you know, a very long time, there's been lots of people doing stuff around well-being and around um, all these, these concepts. Um, but it was really him that gave it a term, coined it. And, mm. um, and contextualised it yeah. and created a framework that people could operate within. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I heard that it came from initially his early studies around learned helplessness. Mm. Um, what what can you speak to about that, uh, that that approach? There was some controversy around that as well, I, I believe. Oh, yeah. Well, he, um, he actually was doing some pretty heavy work. Hmm. He was looking at, um, I think he had sort of doing some animal studies and looking at learnt helplessness in, in dogs particularly okay. and um, found that there was this, this um, if you kind of put an animal through an adverse situation enough times, they eventually just learnt not to react. Mm. even when there was no dangerous environment around them. So if you can imagine, um, it's slightly different, but the only example that comes to mind is if you've got an animal that's put in a cage, yep. if, you, if they're held in that cage for long enough, eventually when you take the cage away, they still won't move from that place. They've learnt just to, to be there. And um, so a lot of his work was around this concept of learnt helplessness. But mm. what he found was, what was quite interesting, was that there were a few... Um, a few of those animals, a percentage, about a third, that never experienced that learned helplessness. They actually, um, they, they continued to, to, to have hope. So we kind of thought, well, what is it about these, this population or this group that's different? Yeah. So they, they had some sort of innate resilience uh, mm. and positivity. That's a nice way of putting it, yeah. Mm. And, and so leveraging on that... Uh, I understand that Seligman came up with uh, some some processes to, uh, I suppose, further develop resilience and mm. hopefulness. I guess. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, the concept of positive psychology. Some of the aspects of it is understanding your character strengths. Mm. So knowing what your strengths are. Often we we're really good at explaining what our weaknesses are. Yeah. But it's a bit uncomfortable sometimes to say, actually, this is a strength of mine, and this is yeah. something that I do well. And often we don't even know what our strengths are. We don't take time to think about our character strengths, what our strengths of character are. Um, and he, I guess, within positive psychology, there's all different areas. There's things around hope. There's a science behind hope. Mm. Um, there's a lot of work done around the concept of flow. Um, lots of work done around something called a growth mindset. Um, there's all sorts of different things that, that come together mm. under the, the idea of flourishing and well-being. Mm. And you mentioned uh, flow, hope, resilience, you know, optimism, these, these, these traits. How does positive psychology, first of all, um, if, you know, how, can, how can we back that up with, with evidence that it, that, that it does change the way we interact in our lives? And how does mindfulness hook into hope and flow? What's the connection there? Ooh. So, so the, what was the first part? Oh, just, you know, what's the evidence around, you know, with the hope and, and, and optimism? Uh, you know, the, the theory is that if we look towards the future in, in a positive light, mm. uh, we become more resilient to perhaps mm -hmm. what might go wrong or the challenges mm -hmm. that are ahead of us. Mm -hmm. uh, and the second part was just, um, you know, the mindfulness factor of being present and, mm. and the connection to flow and how that sort of pans out. Mm. Fascinating. Well, the first part is talking about hope. And firstly, maybe we could define hope because mm. hope is quite a broad construct. But actually, um, a guy called Snyder has, has got a theory of hope. And he says that hope consists of three things. It consists of goals, mm. so having a goal in mind. 
consists of pathways. So knowing how to get to the goal, what's the pathway that you need to take to get there? And the third component, which is really important, is agency. So he defines agency as having the, well, having the belief that you can take that pathway, that you can, you have the skills, the, the set, the skill set to actually take that pathway and reach your goal. Like a self-efficacy. Exactly, it's mm. self-efficacy. So yeah. belief in self and the capacity to move from where you are in, in a direction mm. that represents positivity. Great, exactly, which is such a powerful way of thinking about hope because I do a lot of work with people who experience hopelessness. Mm. So someone who's experiencing depression, for example, might, might experience hopelessness. It's kind of a key, um, a fundamental emotion. Um, and so it's really great to know, well, is it because you don't have the goals in mind? Is it that you can't look forward to find where that goal is? Or, and then if it is, then if that's where we're, we need to work on, then maybe we start with, with setting some, some, some visualisations of where you want to be, what mm. goals you want in your life. And also why you'd want to go there, I guess, is the other big same yes. question there. What's the meaning and purpose that you'll get from what is it that you... Yeah, exactly. That's very powerful. Or maybe they have a clear understanding of where they want to be, but they're not quite sure how to get there. In which case, you can kind of work at the pathway level with someone. Mm. But often I find people might have the goals and the pathway. They don't have the efficacy. They don't believe that if I... They don't believe they have the, the ability or the skills to be able to, to get there. Or so the, then, Or the tools. The or the tools. Yeah. So then you might work on developing some of those skills mm. with someone. So it's a great... Um, it's a great way of kind of making hope accessible and teachable. Yeah. Pa powerful, a powerful approach for people, as you say, who find themselves at a point in their lives, and a lot of us have, mm. where they are experiencing hopelessness and yes. a sense of not being able to do anything about the future, the, the now even. It, it, mm. and, and I guess that's another thing that, uh, that I'd be interested in your views on. Mm. A person who's suffering uh, from fairly significant or, um, I suppose, acute mm. uh, problems, emotional problems or mental illness, would this approach be still an effective one to apply in, in those settings? Yeah, it's a really good question. And at a broader level, I guess the question is, can you use positive psychology anywhere? Mm. And I think you can okay. in different ways. So um, I have a friend, her name is Holly Andrews, and she's worked in the UK with um, people who've had acquired brain injury. Um, and she actually found through measuring these um, patients' happiness levels, she found that by connecting them to their character strengths, um, by seeing, helping them recognise what their strengths were, um, they actually experienced boosts in happiness, even though there was, there was quite a lot of damage that they'd experienced um, from, their, from their brain injury. And her, her study was fascinating and she looked at the idea that, um, that there was kind of, it almost helped people regain a sense of continuity because there was lots of things that had happened since they'd had that injury, mm. that brain injury. There's lots of things that shifted about what they could and couldn't do. But interestingly enough, their strengths often stayed the same. So humour, perhaps, was something they had before and after. Yeah. So these are people that, you know, really struggling in day-to-day -day functioning, but a simple strengths intervention had such a powerful effect on their happiness. So if, if you know, if, if it works in that population, then I imagine it really you know, is applicable everywhere. Wow, we so that takes us, I guess, into that, the growth mindset you mentioned earlier. Is that mm. is that focusing on on strengths and skills? Is that what that is? 
Yeah, the growth mindset is one of the most awesome concepts. I absolutely love growth mindset. There's a great TED talk if, if people want to learn more about growth mindset. And it's, um, it's called The Power of Belief. And it's by Eduardo Brincheno. I think I've said his name wrong. Something like that. Mm. Something like that. Um, and growth mindset is one of the most powerful constructs that um, we can understand and especially powerful in education settings, in schools. Um, and so a growth mindset is um, it's the, well, it's the, the belief that we can, well, that our intelligence and our skill set is um, are not fixed. It's the belief that we can, through effort, grow in anything that we set our mind to. And that's really powerful, especially for, for young kids. So, for example, I can give a, a, a pretty um, yeah a pretty good personal example of growth mindset. So when I was younger, I played a lot of music and um, I always didn't think I was very good. And so I, um, I was always scared of performing in front of people. And um, I always looked at people on stage and I thought, wow, you know, that person, they're, they're, they're much more talented than me. They're more musical. And I'd look at them and it kind of made me not want to, kind of demotivated me, didn't make me want to play. Mm. And then when I watched this TED Talk on growth mindset, I realised that actually effort, that's the key thing, effort is what creates success. Mm. It's not an intrinsic ability. It's not fixed intelligence. Everything is, grow is, you know, malleable. We know through neuroscience that we have, that neuroplasticity exists up until we die, mm. that our brains are always changing. And so I started to look at these people on stage and I started thinking, huh, that person's practiced a lot more than me. So it was a slight shift in the way that I thought, a slight shift in my mindset. And as a result of that, I wanted to go home and practice. And I practiced and practiced and um, played my first open mic a couple of years ago after that. Congratulations. Yeah, thank so you. That's, that, that's growth in action. That's, yeah. That's your personal experience exactly. of, of growth. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> you made me think then of another TED Talk um, around, uh, I guess, the things that prevent people from doing what they have a passion for doing. And mm -hmm. One of those is um, Brene Brown did mm -hmm. this talk, a woman who spoke about uh, vulnerability and shame yeah. and, and how being wholehearted and being able to do things uh, needs people to actually get over the, the discomfort of associated with being vulnerable to, mm -hmm. to say not being as good as they think they need to be. But I think Daniel's um, messaging us to go to a quick uh, quick <laughs> yeah. announcement. Sorry, yeah, so I think we're gonna have a short break for some messages, then we'll be back with Emily to talk more about positive psychology after that. This Saturday, the 1st of August, Vulture Magazine is pleased to present Getting Loose for the Lost, a fundraiser for Suicide Prevention Australia at the Prince Bandroom, featuring music from Lurch and Chief, The Pretty Littles, and Emperor. Tickets available online from Oztix. 100% of funds raised from this event go to Suicide Prevention Australia. So jump on board and come and get loose. I'm struggling with my mental health. I'm concerned about my loved one and need support for myself. I need someone to speak to, but I don't want to burden my family and friends. The experience of mental illness can be emotional, challenging and isolating, but you don't have to go through it alone. Hello, Helpline. Helpline is an information support and referral service. Our trained volunteers all have a personal experience of mental illness and are here to listen, understand and help. Our service is free, confidential and you can call us from Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. If you have a mental illness, know someone who does or just need someone to speak to, 
Call Helpline on 8486 422. That's 8486 422. My fellowship is a 3CR supporter. You're back to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM. That was Daniel Johnson with True Love Will Find You in the End. Uh, we're here with Emily Toner talking about positive psychology. Emily, we, uh, you t- touched earlier on uh, positive emotions and obviously a big part of positive psychology. Uh, can you t- expand a little bit on positive emotions and the set point? Mm, okay. So positive emotions are fascinating. There's so much research around this, the experience of positive emotion and probably the researcher that's leading the charge is a lady called Barbara Fredrickson. And she is a, an American-based researcher and she's done a lot of work on her theory, which she calls the broaden and build theory. And you can jump on YouTube and you can Google Barbara Fredrickson and you can have a look at some of her work on the broaden and build theory. But basically she argues that positive emotions actually have a function. And she argues that positive emotions have a function to open us up and to um, kind of help us see the bigger picture and help us to connect to people in our life. So, for example, I can think about when I'm on the train and I'm sitting there and I'm in kind of a bad mood. I'm kind of focused inward. And often I don't want to look at people. I don't want to connect. Um, it's kind of a disconnecting kind of experience. But when I'm primed with positive emotion, when I'm feeling great, I'm looking around the train. I'm, I might even make eye contact with someone. Um, and, you know, it changes your experience. You actually want to connect to your world. Mm. So positive emotions really encourage connection which is probably quite a powerful survival skill because as, you know, as humans we needed to connect and stay in our groups mm. in order to, to survive. But the coolest study she's done is one which is looking at, um, she used babies actually, so not real babies, they were just images, just pictures of babies, and um, she basically primed people with either a positive or a negative emotion by watching a film clip. And after they'd looked at this film clip, they were they were encouraged to look at this array of babies. So there's a central baby and there were babies all around the outside. And she found that those people that were primed with a positive emotion would look at the central baby, but their eyes would then track to the, ex- to the outside babies that she'd, they'd sort of scan around the whole, um, the whole array. Whereas people primed with a negative emotion would only really fixate on the central baby. So what she argued was that positive emotions actually serve to increase our vision and to increase our perspective. Um, we literally see more of our world. We see the periphery of our world. And I can relate to this in terms of when I'm feeling, you know, when I'm feeling low, when I'm feeling good. On, on the low days, you kind of just stay at the ground often. And tunnel vision. Tunnel vision, that's it. Mm. And so you really do have blinkers on when you're experiencing low mood. Um, you really aren't seeing all of the world. And that has huge implications. As you say, it, it, it predicts disconnection from whatever you're doing, uh, mm. and it's always about people. Uh, that's, I mean, as you say, we're also innately um, wired to be social, mm. and when one gets unwell or mm. involved in hopelessness, you tend to do the sick cat routine and isolate yourself, mm. therefore predicting more and more hopelessness. Yes. Uh, it becomes a bit of a feedback pattern. bit of a cycle. Where mm. she talks about the broad and build theory mm. is an upward spiral of positive emotion. Yeah. So instead of the downward spiral, you can create upward spirals. By experiencing that positive emotion, you then connect, reach out to others, get that reciprocal um, you know, connection, mm. and it's an upward spiral out of that. Mm. 
And Mark's going to ask you about relationships in a sec, but I just mm. want to ask you your personal view on mm -hmm. karma and this whole positive emotion thing. It's interesting because when mm. uh, I read about it, I mean, do you believe someone who sees the glass half full and deals with things just creates a better environment, better interaction in the world as we know it? Or mm. do you believe that the planets are just have aligned and if you're going to trip over the gutter, no matter whether you're in a good or a bad mood, you're going to trip over the gutter? Oh, so do people who have who are experiencing positive emotion do they have better karma? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, you know, people say, oh, you know, Emily always sees the glass half full, uh -huh. and you know, nothing really bothers her. She sees things in a in a positive light uh -huh. versus, you know, woe is me. Uh -huh. I mean, what what is your thinking around that 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 belief of just being positive, regardless of the challenges that you're facing, and and seeing the bright side of things. Mm. Does it does it build your resilience? Do you think, or does it, you know, is it just a better place to be? Based on Fredrickson's article, yeah, you know, yeah. seeing outside the yeah, the peripheral vision. It's a great question. I think it definitely creates upward spirals. So if I think about um, the last year for me, I've been in a really good place, and as a result of my experience of being really happy and being really um, inspired by the work that I'm doing or the consulting work I'm doing around mindfulness and well-being, um, I find that I'm attracting like-minded people into my life. I'm attracting people who are vibrating on this kind of, this, this energy that's just infectious. Right, right, yeah. And so we're drawing each other together and the more and more, you know, you kind of find people that are on a similar level and it's, and it's kind of not just a similar level sort of, you know, in basic terms, it's kind of at a similar energy level, mm -hmm. energetic level. Where you know, right. and that's a so, really nice way of explaining what I tried. To yeah, ask. was it? That's yeah, what you're asking. That's good. what I, you know. Excellent. Does it come? Does yes. the good stuff come? I that think energy. It does. I think it's a spiral. I think <clears> it's exactly <throat> what Barbara's describing. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just becomes it turns into abundance, which is pretty nice. I love that. I love that word abundance. Yes. It's wonderful. So we spoke earlier about 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 disconnectedness, mm. and one of the things that predicts part of this upward spiral that you speak about is being mm. connected to people. Mm. So. Um, uh, relationships, I suppose, come to mm. mind. So, how would you, as a therapist, work on work with someone on how they might overcome whatever feelings they were having and start building relationship? Beautiful, it's such a good question. I'm glad we get to talk about connection because I think connection, out of all the positive psychology literature, um, connection is the key. Mm. So, the, the guy called um, I'm trying to remember his name, Peterson. Yeah. Can't remember his first name. That'll do. Really important guy. He was yeah. like pretty much Seligman's left-hand man, right-hand man. Um, yeah, anyway, his surname's Peterson. We'll Christopher, Christopher Peterson. That's him. Thank you. Yep. Um, so he, he, he died a little while back, but his, his, quote, his quote that will always last was that he's done all this research for decades around positive psychology and his final realisation is that other people matter. Mm. That's what he came to, and so you're right. This um, it doesn't matter how introverted you are. Doesn't matter how much you like your independence. Everyone need everyone needs people. They yeah. need connection, even if it's to an animal or a pet. Um, and so, positive psychology has got a lot to say about this. Um, really interesting research done, especially by um, a, a couple in the U.S. called the Gottmans. And they've done a lot of work on, they've analysed video footage from lots and lots of different couples. And they found that they could predict whether a couple was likely to, to break up or not from the first, you know, five seconds of watching them together, wow. which is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. And what they found was, which was surprising, was that it's actually just as important, if not more important, to celebrate your partner's success as well 
than to support them when they're struggling. So that's really interesting. So this is a positive psych approach. So obviously it's important to look after each other and care for each other when we're struggling and, and in need. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's even more important for the health of your relationship to know how to celebrate your successes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really interesting thought. If you think about anyone that's been a support in your life, mm-hmm. so often it's around processing what didn't go well and, and mm. sitting on that. And, and mm. it can easily be self-defeating. Mm. Whereas learning to effectively celebrate success and positivity, which is core to all this stuff, um, is almost something that needs to be taught in school, isn't it? Well, it's very powerful. And there's there's um, this awesome um, way that I like to think about it. And they talk about it in terms of um, how to how to respond to people. So have you, I don't know if you've heard of the term active constructive responding. Um, I haven't. I haven't. But okay. uh, perhaps um, I'm just looking at the time yes, there. Perhaps no uh, we need to wind up. Is there anything you'd like to finish off with? Um, just um, no, just that it's been a pleasure Stay um, positive, being able to maybe? talk to you. <laughs> Stay, positive. Stay positive. Well, that's that's the one thing maybe that positive psychology isn't just about being positive. That that negative emotions are very powerful and useful in helping us understand our our experience. But um, but that. Yeah, if we can connect to positivity in our life, then we, we also experience these upward spirals. And apply effort to that process. That mm. seemed to be a, a key thing there. Mm. Don't be afraid to try. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. No worries. Yeah, thanks for coming in, Emily. Uh, you've been listening to Brainwaves. You can listen to our podcasts at freecr.org.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.